0: Trust in God and God will make your path straight, and in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. As you could probably notice from the Faith Matters task this week, what I say today will be a bit different to what I had planned to say on Wednesday as I continually and always will pray right up until the last moment, to know what to say to my congregation, because as I always say to people, my role here is not to speak my words, but to try and always speak what the Holy Spirit puts on my heart. And whilst the Faith Matters task of looking back at how we dealt with the COVID isolations and being isolated from people and not being able to attend and be with each other and how those who were nurses uh, prior to COVID would have struggled to have been known and yet they, nurses, doctors, teachers were kind of the real standouts during the COVID time and I will stand by that all the time, it's a very important message. Where my heart took me in the last couple of days was to actually talk about the table, the table that Jesus meets at Jesus does some important teaching at the table when he's feasting with others In Luke's gospel we see many conversations happening around the table and this is why it is always so important and I know my daughters are very grumpy you know why do we always have to sit around the dinner table together and talk and share that you know what were some of the things that happened to oh, I don't know dad I just want to eat I've got homework to do. Or how fast can I eat this so I can go back to Minecraft? You know, all those sort of questions. And some who are parents would, might know those, uh, might have those experiences. But it's always important to know that meeting around the table for Jesus was a very special place. When we look at the communities that Luke was part of, as a slave, as a, he's often referred to as a physician, but he's highly intellectual, and you can see that from his writings. He would have seen a lot of gatherings, and he would have seen a lot of parties, and he would have had a strong sense of how people met and how people met to eat. Those who would be exalted and be put into certain places, and those who would be humbled and put into other places. Even today, when we plan a birthday or a wedding, we have to think about who do we put on the wedding list. And who do we keep off? And then those on the wedding lists, well, that cousin had a fight with that cousin three years ago. Can they sit close to each other? Or, you know, my mum wasn't happy with uh, my future sister-in-law. Well, hey, can they sit together? We have all those things to contend with and all those ideas to work through. And yet today, when we see Jesus attending the meal, he's watched very, very closely. In Jesus' time, at the time of the Gospel writings, some people would have seen Jesus as a delusional person. Others may have seen him as a prophet. And some would have known his sense of being the Messiah. So taking the idea that Luke does to call Jesus the Lord and Messiah and have him sit at the table with people was a very, very unique approach at that time. If we look at the way gods and people related to their Greek gods or the Roman gods or any other form of deity, we had a situation where the gods were always separated from the people that they had created. Indeed, the people that they had created were toys for them and they would have fun seeing how they could create situations of tension for their, the creations to work through and see what would happen. But in this meal, our God comes down from heaven and sits with us. So this extension, this, this meal that we have, that we see Jesus at, is actually an extension of the table that where the saints are meeting with our Lord, Lord in heaven. What Jesus is talking about when he speaks at the table where he eats with people is always do on earth as it is done in heaven. Do on earth. Love each other on earth as it is done in heaven. And today we see that. In the minds of the people that are present we can see that he is following and watching what they're doing. And what the word made flesh says is that when you are invited to the table, not if or but, or you know, you could be invited to the Lord's table, but when you are invited to the Lord's table, come and sit. Come and sit and join in. And the question I have at this point is think about the time when you were invited to the Lord's table. How did you respond? How did it touch your soul and your heart and mind to actually be invited to the Lord's table and to sit and to partake in communion? Was it a time where you needed spiritual nourishment? Was it a time of excitement where you celebrated a long journey that you had and finally came to God to be partaking in the sacrament of the body and blood? How did being with the Lord at the table affect you? Because what Jesus is saying here today is changing and challenging the rules by which people come to be with each other, to the way that we engage with each other. He seems to be saying that humility is more important than being esteemed. When you go to a gathering, take a less prestigious Seat and let your host elevate you. Like having the idea of a god sitting at your table eating with you as an equal was phenomenal. The idea of turning around and allowing the host to elevate you was just as shocking. We have certain rules as the Anglican Church. We have ideas and we have a corporate structure that governs how we do things. But within that, there is still the scope for personal reflection and personal movement of your own soul and your own spirit. And I take the example of, if we come to church, do we come to church to say, well, I come every Sunday and I take communion and you don't, you're unworthy, you're, do we do it to lord it over anyone else? or do we truly come to partake as people that are weak, as people that are broken, as people that need sustenance to get through the spiritual the spiritual attacks that may happen in the following week, the spiritual journey that we've got in the following week, or maybe we've just had an awful week and need God's spiritual nourishment. There's a lot of reasons why we come to the table. But one of them is not so that we can lord it over others. And we can use the table to be a place of inspiration and encouragement to others. During a period of my own challenging dark times, I I, I was part of a church that said I couldn't be part of of the table. There were rules and regulations that said I couldn't even go up. I couldn't participate in communion because I was divorced and I was looking for another relationship. And I went through a really dark time because someone had said to me, Rob, you cannot have communion at this church. Indeed, you cannot have communion at any church that is part of this denomination. How does that make you feel? How, does it, how would that make you... Not, not now, my friend. We'll talk later. How would it make you feel for someone to say... You can't have communion because who you are as a broken person, who you are as an unworthy person is not not something that we can cope with in our structure. And so, of course, the rebel that I am, I went and found out all the rules about what it means to be divorced and annulled and all sorts. I went through this whole set of canons and I wasn't a liturgical lawyer by any stretch of the imagination. Imagination, but I went through the process of saying I was right with the church before I left it. And so I followed their rules. I went in and found out what the rules were that I had to do, and then I was welcomed back to the table. But not, I wasn't any less broken. I mean, I wasn't any less righteous, any more righteous. I was still broken. I was still unworthy. I was still the same Rob, and I'm still the same Rob today a human that gets things right sometimes, gets things wrong at other times and is part of living trying to do the best that I can in this sinful frame. Now is your invitation to someone an encouragement to say as unworthy or as as broken as you are, there is a table where you can receive spiritual nourishment. Is that your testimony? How many times do you get to share that with people? How many People know the difference that coming to the table of the Lord makes in your life. Can I suggest, if anyone talks to you where, do you, where do you get your strength to go every week, how do you get through some of the trials and tribulations? Sharing that you come to get spiritual communion with your Lord God might, might change their life. And as the passage says, when you change someone's life, that might be the time that Jesus comes calling because he says, when people will be invited. So everyone will be invited, but will they take up the invitation? Jesus said he came to heal sinners. If you declare that you are completely righteous and have no place, you have, sorry, you have no place for the salvation that comes with coming to the table, so I would challenge you to think, are you righteous in yourself? Or do you still need God to lift you and carry you and nurture you? Because I know I certainly do. There are times when I you know, open my mouth just to swap feet. And there are other times when I, I get it so right, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. So it's a, it's a great time to kind of come to the table knowing that you need mercy and grace. Grace to help you have the hope of life later, my friend. Today we offer the table. We offer the table not because you're going to do anything for us, but simply because you need to be part of the communion with God. I'm not asking you to put your name down on any lists or be part of any committees, I'm just saying if you feel broken and shattered inside, if you feel you need spiritual nourishment, well, this is the place to come. When Jesus invited you to come today, maybe there's something more that coming to the table does for you in this moment. When I say to you, all people are welcome to come and receive a communion, to receive communion or have a blessing, that is a heartfelt invitation from me to you, to anyone that comes into our worship space. Because I know what it feels like to be left out, outside and to be left out of the community that you might have served for many years. No one gets left out. If you come to the table and you put your hand out to receive communion, I'm not going to ask you for a resume. I'm not going to ask you for your baptism certificate. I'm going to put a piece of bread in there that I consider to be the body of Christ so that you can feed and have eternal salvation with us. Because really, that's all I know. When we put our hand up for help, We don't need to have it slapped down. We need to have the help that we're asking for. It's troubling to put rules and regulations around the table, but I just wanted to make a quick comment about a few things that have been happening over the last week because I find it troubling that we are in a situation where people are saying some people have a valid table for communion and others don't. Every table that we offer, where we break the bread to share with everyone is a valid place of communion. Now sure, everyone, Jesus says, I have many flocks and there's going to be different perceptions and different ideas in each of the flocks. But many of you would see the idea that there is a schism or a break in the Anglican Church. And it breaks my heart because some of the people I know that may be going down the road of joining the Anglican Diocese of the Southern Cross, which isn't one of our organisations, are going going to be people that I've broken bread with and I've shared friendships with. It is a sad time and a troubling time when we say, when we start having discussions about which table is a valid table to have communion at. And what makes it invalid? Well, sometimes it's our sinful frame proposing ideas. And we've got to be very, very careful that we are not lording it over people, that we are not those exalting ourselves more than we're humbling ourselves. And as we come to the table today, I don't want to put any flocks down because every flock has its own charism, as I said, and every place has a space. But we can have that space and place without tearing each other down, but saying, you're just reaching a different group of people to who I am. Our table is the table of our Lord Jesus. Our Saviour. And like every other table in the diocese, in the Australian Anglican Church, or throughout the Anglican Communion, everyone who puts their hand out will receive communion or a blessing. When Jesus began inviting people to the tables to have communion, St. Matthew's and St. Linus's was one of those groups of tables. We will welcome everyone with open hearts and arms so that no one ever feels what it is like to be told that they cannot have communion in a church. Because that's what communion's for. It's for the broken, the, unwork, the unworthy, the weak, and the lost. And If that's what it's for, come all who are suffering. Come all who are weak. Come all that are lost. Amen.